Hello, my friends. Today we are talking to Raj, the CTO at Walters Kluwer, and we discuss his unique thoughts on the three levels of leadership, the importance of having a mentor to help guide you, and how humility and vulnerability can help you be a better leader. All of this right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Hello. Hey, Joel. How are you? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How about you? Fantastic. So where are you located? I live in uh, Houston and uh, it's getting a little warmer out here, but you know, Houston weather is always unpredictable. It was raining a couple of days ago. How about you? I'm down in Florida and yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's uh. It's it's nice and bright and blue skies and people are opening up and starting to get out. You can't even tell that there's a pandemic anymore in the office <laughs> complex I'm in. Yeah, I was uh, reading an article uh, yesterday that the beaches are opening up and people are trying to show up, slowly getting back to normal. So it's all good. Yeah, it was interesting. I am uh, friends with one of the county commissioners, and he. Uh, was telling me that they had trouble closing the beach because there were no gates because we've never closed the beaches in the history of the beach. <laughs> That's so, interesting. This, yeah. is a, this is a totally a new phenomenon where you are looking out for gates for closing the beach. <laughs> I know, I know. So they had they went to the construction department and got those cement uh, uh-huh. blocks they use for construction and just in the middle of the night dumped them in front of the beach access. So put those barricades so people don't get Yeah. Them. Yeah. So uh, I heard Elon Musk is going to be moving some of his rocket facilities to to Texas. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I'm hearing about it. Uh, It's all interesting. Uh, People, when you think about Houston, the first thing that comes to mind is NASA and uh, how these technologies can be built and launched. So a lot of activities, I could tell you that. You ever get into that? Are you like hobbyist? Do you follow it or do you just support it? No, I do follow. And of course, uh, I have three boys, three sons, and uh, they all are interested in going to the place to unpack the technology and what it is, the space technology. So they show a lot of interest. So I've been there a couple of times. I'm not an ardent follower, I would say, but certainly I keep myself stay connected. These days, I I like that we're in a society where, you know, people that are improving the world, Correct. like Elon Musk or the Bezos that are doing interesting things, that they, they do have a celebrity status. Because when I was growing up, I didn't see a whole lot of that, but I'm seeing more of it, I think. Yeah, so what's happening right now is, uh, if you take a decade ago, we never thought such technologies would uh, come into play with uh, private space, right? Private companies can venture into it and try to do some research, but now things have become so accessible thanks to technology advancement, but also passion. These leaders, they have a strong passion towards what they do. So the combination of the leadership and accessibility of technology is driving greater innovation, in my opinion. I was reading some of your articles on Forbes Technology Council. You had a really good one I liked about uh, the three levels of leadership. Correct. I, uh, yeah, I I wrote it, I I believe, uh, a couple of months ago, but... uh, I always try to emphasize uh, leadership is not a macro 
concept. So you have to break that into organization, team, and individual levels. So it gives more clarity in terms of what you could drive and achieve some great outcomes for yourself and your company. So that's the context behind that. Are there like three specific levels? Yeah, so usually um, I talk about uh, the levels from the company standpoint. As a leader, you are part of a big company. So you need to understand the company's vision, mission. And when you get up in the morning, you have to live and breathe. So your aspirations are in line with company's goals. So that's the first level of leadership. The second one is your team or organization, because when you drive your own team or organization, it's a branch off from the company, but it has its own goals and measure of success and also some cultural aspect, right? You need to ensure there are some norms and guidelines that your team is following so that you work as one team to achieve the common goal. That's the second level. The third level, I always talk about your own leadership, right? You have a set of uh, leadership uh, attributes that you have to role model. For instance, delegation, motivating your team. How do you break the resistance? And how would you just uh, use your skill to navigate the challenges? For instance, we are in the midst of this uh, COVID, right? And one of the personal leadership I think about uh, when uh, how you navigate the challenges when you deal with such scenario is try to be more uh, agile and try to make some real-time decisions because the circumstance is still evolving and it's fluid as a leader you need to know how you define yourself to make such decisions in real time without having a lot of future insights into it so those are the three levels that I always talk about. Now, if you combine all these three levels, it produces one common output that make yourself better, your team better, and it advances your company to the next level. How do you coach leaders on that third aspect that you mentioned about like leading yourself? How do you coach people around that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think before I start coaching the leaders, first I need to understand those leaders, right? What are their in intrinsic motivation, their extrinsic motivation, and what type of personality they are in. So that understanding is critical, the first step. The second step is, uh, I, I think uh, there are aspects of individual leadership, such as how they have to manage with situation. How do they make decisions, right? What are the criteria in making decisions? How do they role model innovation, lead by example? And how do they empower, energize, and educate others? So those are all some of the attributes. And usually I don't talk about concepts. Uh, I try to give some examples and I give their own examples. For instance, hey, you did that last time. That's a great example of empowerment. You coached your team member. That's something, a great example. I think of, from my standpoint, more than providing them that visibility, you have to give them the continuous feedback on how they work on those aspects. So it's not an event, it's a process. <laughs> so you have to continuously talk to them and try to coach and shape their skills. Uh, that's the way how I do it. Um, I think also it's a teach and learn, right? When you do that, you are not sitting here and just telling them the concepts, make it more pragmatic but also you hear from them and you ask, hey, how do I do, 
from that standpoint. So you become a learner during that conversation. So that's the way how I manage it, uh, Joel. Oh, you're great. I like you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I would say I'm not great. I'm, I'm still learning on a day-to-day basis, but uh, it's an important continuous learning is a key component here. So what, what sort of topics are you learning about right now? So a couple of things. Uh, I think, um, again, given the challenge, the circumstances we are in, the situation is evolving. One side, I'm thinking about how the current uh, crisis, the COVID, which is way beyond the medical phenomenon, how it impacts economy, how it's impacting uh, supply chain, and how it impacts your, uh, in fact, how it uh, impacts your um, employees, right? Um, the psychological safety aspect of it. So trying to get a deeper understanding of that and then connect the dots as a leader what should I do after I learn what's happening around us and try to put that into context and then talk to my team and help them navigate the challenge. The second one is it interesting. I was reading an article that says um, the pollution across the world and uh, also uh, animals, birds, they start feeling more empowered during this because there isn't much movement of uh, human community here so i see a lot of such things happening so i'm trying to see what's what's preventing such things happening when things are normal so that's an interesting learning um, the last one is of course um, what does it mean uh, because you have to define yourself not only the way how you manage such crisis but what you want to be once you come out of the crisis as a company and leader so i'm trying to learn that um, those are all some uh, relevant uh, topics for now but i'm also spending time on my space like technology what's happening leadership what's happening and how my business we are a market leader enterprise legal management business within walters kluwer so what's happening in the market space from customers and uh, also from our uh, competition standpoint and what should we do so that's the way how i would circle it out so what, what's the main line of business for your company? So ours is like a, we are a market leader in um, enterprise legal management software. And our customers are corporate legal departments of all Fortune 500 companies. And we have set of capabilities and uh, solutions that help them to perform their day-to-day task in terms of dealing with legal matters and also interacting with external law firms, managing the budget. So that's the uh, that's the business model. And uh, our customers uh, these days are uh, pushing hard to make the solutions better. We are living in an era of technology advancement. So that's keeping me uh, up all the night, right? How you can help our customers to grow in terms of providing them a best-in-class products without losing sight on customer experience. So that's the model uh, that uh, we are in. Oh, that's pretty cool. I built some legal software in the past. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I, there was a startup and then they got funding and they needed their systems redone uh-huh. to sort of go from like uh, MVP trial to actually like we can sustain legitimate traffic. I see. And, and I was the uh, person, my company rewrote their systems, but they were a virtual deposition software. Ah. Interesting. How did yeah. you like it? 
It was fun because I got to use, I think it was called like TalkBox. It was this video API. And it was it was a lot of fun because I had never done video API uh, work. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And we built the, we built mobile apps and like we all, there was like six people in there. And then as we were talking, it transcribed the text. And it was, it was kind of fun. Uh, I guess the most fun you could have in the area of depositions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, that it's always fun, isn't it? Right. Um, building software and see how it works, especially when your business users start using it, then you tend to pat yourself on the back. There it goes. It works for you. <laughs> oh yeah. And I love the life cycle of building great products and, you know, as you go throughout the career and you build so many products, I was actually looking back the other day uh-huh. uh, at how many different products I've built and things. And I, and I started asking myself the question, like, you know, how do you keep yourself excited? I was just trying to figure out like, how, why, why do I keep getting excited about doing these new things? And then how, how can I keep myself excited when I'm down? And so I figured I'd ask some other great leaders. So I'm curious, you know, how do you keep yourself excited? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, the first thing is, as a leader, especially as a technology leader, you are living in some, you are living in times where things are changing so drastically, right? So what was working yesterday may not work tomorrow. So the technology is changing. When the technology changes, your customer expectations, they change. For instance, even in our space, our customers, corporate legal department, attorneys and paralegals, they want all their applications to work like their personalized applications like Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, right? So they want everything to work on mobile and they want everything to be so responsive, high quality. So the expectations have gone up. With that said, technology is shifting and your uh, competition is stiffening, right? So it's not like you do something today, it's going to keep you going for next five years. You have to watch like a hawk, what's happening from technology, competition and customers. And that's a great source of motivation for me because the center of gravity is technology. So with that said, constantly looking for opportunities to improve because you are you are called as a market leader, our business, not because of market share, because of market leading capability through innovation, customer centricity, hiring great people, and also ensure that uh, you disrupt yourself, right? That's the thing I like the most. When you view your business as a, dis- as a disruption, like someone else is looking at you, then you are pushed yourself out of your comfort zone. And that gives you a different way to think about yourself. So that level of uh, self-realization, self-motivation that's pushed by this external environment is a great source of motivation for me. And that's also pushing me to learn continuously. So you must push yourself in multiple areas of life other than just professionally. Correct. Yeah, so what? how are you pushing yourself? How are you growing personally right now? I think, uh, Two things. Uh, The first thing is uh, continuous learning. I talked about it. Um, When I started my career uh, as a software engineer, after I uh, earned my bachelor's and master's degree in electronics, 
I was under the impression, okay, I'm done with all studies. <laughs> now I'm going to go for a job, going to make money. My life is settled, right? In hindsight, after 15 years, I realized I could have learned more during those 15 years that would have helped me to keep moving. So I think you have to broaden your perspective. You have to broaden your horizon beyond what you know. And that's always, I think, a, a great passion for me. Although I started my career as a technology executive, I went for my MBA. I did my advanced managed program from Harvard. The reason is just not I wanted to earn some degrees, but that actually expands, broaden your perspective. That's a transformational experience. And that is what still it's keeping me. And I would like to, as I said, it's just not technology. What's happening around you? How other leaders right, in other companies are dealing with some crisis? How the successful leaders are constantly reimagining themselves? Some companies like Google and Amazon, they always try to reinvent themselves and try to diversify. So those are all the sources of learning for me. And my own family, when I talk to my kids, <laughs> the, it's not like, oh, my son is 10 year old. I get some good perspectives from them because when they point it out, dad, why are you thinking like this? Again, it broadens your perspective. Okay, so you don't try to be in your own swim lane, try to get out of it and it opens up. When it opens up, you get that level of passion and motivation. So that's that's an important thing for me. What ages are your kids? Uh, 13, uh, 10, and 18. Okay, nice. Are, are they <laughs> any, any of them into programming or? No, not really. Um, in fact, uh, my, uh, my oldest one, he's a graduating senior and uh, he, would, he is interested in pursuing a business major. But all of them, one thing is common, they all play tennis, but no software technology yet. <laughs> so they all play tennis? Yeah. That's pretty good. Do they have smart rackets yet? Do they have rackets that are like hooked to your iPhone with GPS or GPS? <laughs> uh, uh, and I, I, miss, I can't remember the word right now, but the inertia uh, tracking chips. Um, not really. There were some technology in the past uh, I, I forgot the name, like it, it, it would simulate you to play the tennis, just you move your hands and show the oh. motion. So that was uh, three years ago, but that's pretty outdated. These days, kids, they want to go. They just want to get into the court and they wanted to play. So that's the way how it is now. That's cool. It teaches them about, you know, how to work together, how to, how to win, how to be competitive. And yeah, that's awesome. That's correct. That's correct. So what what are so you got the eighteen year old business interest? What are the other two interested in? At this point in time, they sh they would like to. My second son is showing some interest towards uh, medicine. Uh, he would like oh, to become cool. a doctor. My third son is too early. When I ask that question, he says, uh, "You know what? I'm still thinking. So let me get back to you." <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> want to commit at all. <laughs> every every night. Uh, my three-year-old daughter has this uh, doctor kit, like a box. Really? Uh -huh. Yeah, and it's got a real stethoscope in there because uh, my wife uh, is in the medical profession. Ah. And it's got a couple other, you know, kid toys in there. But whenever someone's sick, she grabs the box and like runs over and opens it up. And we're like, man, maybe she will be, uh, maybe she'll end up in the medicine field. 
Yeah, so actually their interest changes quite frequently, especially when until they become 12 or 13. So one day he says uh, something and next say next day, you know, he gets motivated or inspired by some uh, television shows or something, then he changes his mind. You know what? I might become a pilot. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's so, like a classic thing. I think everybody at some point wanted to be a pilot. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> there is always a piece of uh, passion there. I'm not sure what it is, but uh, it, it certainly attracts kids, you know, even I was when I was growing up, but uh, when you hit the reality, it's different. When you were in your 30s, were you planning your life in like five-year chunks of things you wanted to get done, or did you just kind of go through your 30s? That's a great question. Um, to be honest, uh, I always try to plan the future. Now, I know you can plan, but you cannot just increase your hopes 100% that it's going to happen. But certainly planning is part of my DNA. And that was the driver behind me uh, going out for my MBA program. Because when I, was, uh, when I started managing teams after I moved to United States, I grew up in India and I moved here in 2000. One thing actually uh, that struck me was for you to be a successful leader, it's just not technology alone. Technology is an enabler, but you are enabling the technology to achieve some business goals and also make that profound and immeasurable impact to your customers, right? So that was such a big eye opener for me. Now I am a technology executive and I need to have a seat at executive table. And I need to first understand the business well, whether it's marketing, strategy, finance, whatever it is, and try to connect the dots. So with that said, I planned when I was 30 years old, okay, where I should be in next five years. So typically I tend to plan for every three to four years and try to put something called uh, PDP, I call it myself, personalized development plan or personal development plan around uh, my own improvements, self-reflection, introspection, and things like that. But also the toolkits, skills, and capabilities that I need to advance. Because the best way I think myself is I'm still learning. That's the first thought. The second thing is, you know whom I am I compete against? Who is my... Uh, competitor, no one else, it's me. Because when I measure after three years, you measure yourself against the baseline, Raj, before three years, oh, probably, you know, you learned something good, but you are still not done. Let's move from point B to point C. It's like you're trying to reach a summit. You have to start from the base camp, second, third, fourth, and before you hit the summit. So that's the way how I think about my career so far. I wouldn't say everything was perfect. Uh, I learn from my own scars and mistakes, <laughs> but that's part of the game, in my opinion. That's interesting because I I decided to run my first five-year plan around 25, age 25, and when I completed it, it was just an unbelievable thing. And I'm 32 now, so I completed my first five-year plan two years ago, and I had heard some professional development speaker or somebody talking about it. And so I said, okay, 
I want to accomplish this in, in the next five years. And I actually got farther than I thought in many of the areas. But that exercise of like what it's like to intentionally say, here's a five-year plan right. and then execute it and then look back on it. It gave me this whole new yeah. perspective of the entire world because I realized that no matter how much energy I have or hype I have, I can't go do something and burn out in the moment to make something happen. That's the correct. only thing I can really do is put together a series of systems that will compound over time and then I'll get a result from it. And that was that's a very humbling thing. It's like you can't do anything immediately. You can only decide I'm going to make this repeatable habit that's going to yield an outcome in the much in, in the much greater future. No, that's absolutely right. Because um, to my earlier point, you can come up with a great plan. You may not be able to hit the bullseye. That's okay, right? The second thing that's important, in my opinion, humble opinion, again, I, I don't claim I am right. You see a lot of these books, <laughs> right? <laughs> so when you go and do this MBA program or go to Harvard, you get a lot of these books and you look at leaders uh, giving great uh, talk. I think the most important is just not listening, but you have to put that to your own context. That's the game changer. When you understand such things and see how it's going to impact you, then you can just go broad and narrow that to your own self. That would help you to open up and learn, right? So I think my mentor, Brad Smith, former Intuit CEO, uh, you know, he coached me all along saying that you cannot become other person, but you learn from them, their life experiences, read books, and try to see how you apply some of the principles to your own context, right? That's the, that's the interesting thing. As you try to plan your next five years, you learn something, but also learning without applying and try to experiment this is not going to be a great value add in my opinion. Where, where do you think most people mess up? Like where people that have good intentions, where, where do you think that they mess up? Uh, is are you asking more from the technology and company standpoint or in general? Just in general, people who want to do things in life. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, a uh, few things, right? I think the first thing is, uh, as I said, you have to plan for the best, but you need to prepare for the worst. You need to have a clear understanding on what aspects of your life you can control and what you cannot. When you don't have that clarity, when you hit a roadblock, or if you have to pick a big rock, then your emotional energy drops. Your emotional energy and your motivation is the source of your success. When your emotional energy drops, that results in much lower confidence. And when your confidence is low, the probability of success is much lower, right? Because all these parameters are connected together. So that's the first thing, right? So anticipate risks, anticipates for unknowns, and tell yourself that nothing is going to be a smooth ride. But as you navigate the challenges, learn, but just don't fall. Rise up immediately like a horse 
hearts they fall down but they know how to rise and keep going on right that's that's the first thing the second thing i think uh, from my own life experience uh, is we don't value something called uh, the human connection sometimes you know you appreciate your own skills you think that when one once you go to a great school and learn things that you are a great person but the value of human connection is so important so you talk to others build the bonds and forge relationships and you'll get lot of insights right when you talk you are talking what you know when you listen you are learning something you don't know right so i think building that connection and learning from others as part of your journey and working your way forward is a second thing so people tend to not focus more on learning from others as opposed to they just to keep their focus on their own swim lane is the next thing i believe is an important aspect so when you try to connect this again this is not a philosophy this is from my own mistakes i didn't do both of these things early in my career but when i just did my uh, personal introspection what raj could i have done a little better it opened my eyes and you need to have a mentor that's the third one uh, a person who is your sounding board and who could just provide a honest feedback to harness your strengths but also shed some light on the areas you need to improve upon so those are the things i i think is important for anyone not only to plan but make sure that you are making incremental improvements towards your big vision you have to eat in smaller bites as opposed to hitting a big milestone while at the same time maintaining your emotional energy and motivation like right that's what you're saying so if i maintain my motivation and emotional energy by taking care of myself and my right. health and then i grow my relationships and have intention there and then i have a a plan but it's not like a bet the company plan it's like a realistic long term correct plan correct but have those boxes checked i should be in in good shape absolutely that's my humble two cents based on my life experience it's good no all we are trying to do is just wrap our <laughs> wrap our mind around concepts i think that's one of the uh i do meditation and uh time to think deeply and things like that and one of the thoughts i was having the other night is back in the in the 50s you could orientate uh your world view around the single one or two sources of news Right. And so you had your personal family life your close life and then some information would come in and you would learn about the world or whatever's happening and then you could develop this mental map of the world make sense around it build your life and your structure around it. Absolutely. And now we have an infinite source of of news uh and stimulation coming in and it's it's harder today than ever in history to be able to wrap your mind around what is life what is the world and where is your place in it yeah no that's an interesting thing because there is a one big constraint we all have which is time <laughs> right we all are interested in doing several things but uh, essentially we don't have time and i think that's why i personally feel the planning is an important component because you know which things are important which things are urgent so you tend to focus even in your business world 
as a CTO, I have a 20, 30 priorities when I start my day, but I need to have a clear understand around what are my core priorities for the given day and how that priority is going to impact my tactical deliverables, but also my strategic focus, right? That's very important for an executive or leader, in my humble opinion. Similarly, in your personal life, in terms of family, your emotions, and your spiritual or religious aspects, you need to clearly break them and figure out what extent you want to focus. And you talked about meditation. It's an interesting thing. I, I try to practice yoga uh, daily. Again, I'm not an expert, but one thing is for sure. Anything right in uh, our human life, you are talking about tools. There are certain tools that are critical. For, for example, if I want to assemble a computer, I need a tool. Similarly for humans, you need some tools for you to become better. And one of such tools is meditation. So that tool is helping you to shape who you are, how you can be better. So if you try to relate such things, then you know you are not by yourself and you need to rely on certain tools that can make you better, both in your professional life as well as in your personal life. I've noticed that I have this pattern of uh, learning tools, picking them up, integrating them into my life for, I don't know, maybe three to six months. And then they kind of just fade away. And then I get new tools in a certain area. And it's, I, it's just this cycle that I've noticed. Am I, have you noticed that too? Yeah, no, I think uh, like uh, when I talk, talk from my uh, technology <laughs> standpoint, you have a iPhone, right? So it has several versions because every new version, it provides some new capabilities. Similarly, when you try to learn something now, for instance, leadership, you, you think of, for example, you take a concept within leadership. How do you manage risks? There are several frameworks. You try to apply it, but suddenly there is a new perspective after a couple of years, which talks you about, okay, risk management is a great plan, but crisis management is something different because risk can talk about probable outcomes and how do you protect you from those outcomes? Crisis? No, no one anticipated COVID. Now what you have to do? Then you have to learn something new. Okay, this is something real-time challenge and how you have to fight with it. I think uh, in my honest opinion, it's not going to completely go out, but you need to upgrade like an iPhone, right? Try to see how you can enhance those skills and try to see how you can become a better person. That's the way how I look at it, whether it's leadership or techno technology. Technology specifically, you think about the days, COBOL and Fortran, those technologies are completely gone. I may not be able to relate that to Java or microservices today because they are different. But if you look into the core of it, right? When you try to write a business logic, the way how you structure it, the way how you make your code to flow through a pattern, there may not be a big change, right? So your creativity, the way how you think about it remains same. So that's the way how I try to connect the dots. When things rapidly get upgraded or updated and how you ensure that you don't lose the genesis of it. You have to hold it 
and you have to slowly improve upon that yeah i i was thinking about that i i found that reflection helps a lot with what tools do i build upon correct and which ones were just tools i was trying one tool that i have found very useful that i continued to build upon that was just a somebody mentioning it uh, they mentioned it in passing uh-huh. uh, on the podcast and then uh-huh. i tried it once okay went away came back a couple weeks later tried it again and then it like really stuck was working from your calendar ah. so before i'd work with like to do list i have my evernote and i have the things i'm doing today but then i was to in order to put them into blocks on your calendar is it's that discipline happens to be highly effective yeah no i think uh, that that's absolutely right and one thing is uh, when you talk about tools right calendar is a classic example when i think about the technology world right so i thought of sharing this it's an interesting but our company walters kluwer elm solutions we follow this religiously in today's technology world there are some big buzzwords right artificial intelligence machine learning like uh, virtual reality all such great things augmented reality now the question is if you want to be successful with those technologies it's not like you go and say that we are an ai company that's not going to help you successful we are a company in the legal management space and we use ai to deliver better outcomes right that that shifts that's why we call something as expert solution expert is you have a strong domain expertise and you bring that into life with the technologies like ai so that it makes that profound impact to your customers not because they are using your systems it helps you to achieve productivity efficiency lowers the cost and sometimes in today's world when i try to see the personalized application with your business application they get emotionally attached so they cannot think about going back to their old ways so the reason i'm trying to explain this to your calendar example it all boils down to that usability and user experience and ensuring that you are bringing in the right tool to solve the problem not because it's the great tool <laughs> i love that <laughs> so what what is the um the type of person that you that stands out? i guess the question the better question would be what are some of the behaviors of high performing individuals that stand out to you i think the most important thing in my opinion is you have to you have to be vulnerable <laughs> i think that's an important trait of a high performing leaders or anyone because if i go and expose my vulnerability to my team that opens up that environment oh when this person says he is not good at something that means we have that leverage to say that we are not good at that's not because it's like a, it's not something your weakness but that's a strength that provides an opportunity for you to learn so that's an important thing ensure that you know you are not great at everything but expose it and learn from it um, the second one i would say uh, is humility and humbleness because when you think 
that you know everything and you want to become best at everything what you do that's your self confidence but when you think that i still have to learn more from other people or from this books or from something else that's humility that means i have still more to learn and you need to go with that so every interaction that you have with someone like today you and i are talking you have to leave that with something new to learn right that that's that's the second one i think is important the third one is learn from the failures failures are inevitable you cannot say that everything is going to be great but once you learn don't repeat the same mistake you learn from it course correct it and move on this is what i have seen with my team members when i manage when i call something high performing team it's not a label <laughs> when i see the the attributes and the characteristics of my team members and they talk about it and these three aspects for me honestly it's they stand out and it's an important thing in order for someone to stay above and what sets apart what sets those individuals apart from others so what are you most excited about right now i'm 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 excited about uh, like i'm 45 <laughs> <laughs> i still have some time left for me to continuously learn and uh, i'm really uh, i feel fortunate and blessed as a leader to work for a company and work for uh, with a great team so i think every time if you look at my career i worked for several industries big companies smaller companies but different industries into it entertainment partners now walter's kluwer so this is a great source of motivation and excitement for me because different environment different company different culture and that's that's really good and technology world is changing rapidly so i have to stay ahead and i have to learn that's a great excitement for me and at a personal level uh i'm spending time with my family right and uh, playing tennis with my kids right i am not a pro player but i think it's it's so it's an exciting thing seeing my kids grow in front of my eyes and try to go through that transformation at personal level uh, is is something exciting and and, and last but not least i think uh, when you look at your professional and personal life within one bucket because some people think that oh your personal life is different your professional life is different i don't think so in my humble opinion because you are driven by your own values sense of purpose and that things need to stay consistent whether it's your personal or professional life so that level of things gives me a great energy and passion and 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 uh, i think uh, it's important also right when you do all such things when you look at the outcomes whether from the business outcome standpoint or when you see your kids saying that dad i learned from it from you and i applied it it worked that's the <laughs> that's the moment right that's the moment that but you are not by yourself right everybody is teamwork and everybody everything is happening in tandem with others but that those things uh, you know excite me and that that's that's my energy so 
learn from it and go you have to take advantage of this moment in life that's the source of inspiration nothing else live in the moment enjoy it and keep going i love it and i i have uh you know two little ones and i thought the other day uh, you know they were being difficult uh-huh. right and uh but then i thought to myself you know i can't think of a better way to measure my life other than against the growth of these kids because right. as i'm starting to think back i'm like oh that was everything's being tied. It's like the ultimate timeline. It's like, I'm remembering things not based off of the maturity of my business and where that was at, but Oh, when, when they were an infant, my life was like this. And when they were in elementary school, my life was like this. So I, I, that's a new shade, a Uh new dynamic to my life because they're just getting three. So we've just got enough time for my mind to start doing that. But I thought that that's kind of like, that's a cool thing that's happening. And, uh, I don't know. I just thought I'd share. <laughs> no, that's good. You mentioned you're 32 and you still have a lot of time to learn as your kids grow. <laughs> oh man, that's all like great thing. Just learn from it and uh, you'll enjoy uh, every moment. Uh, so it's all good. The the fun and scary thing about accomplishing my, my first five-year plan was the realization that I could do anything. It's like, before I just wanted to have success or like, I it was like blind. I was just 20 something. Like I just got to get out of whatever I'm in and I just have to have some more success. Correct. And then I was intentional about something that took a long time and I did it. And then I said, Oh my goodness, like I can do anything by leveraging the length of time. And then came a new dilemma, like a new area of, of thought for me is with that knowledge, what should I choose to do now? Knowing what I know now that I can use time and accomplish anything over a large scale of time. I've got 20 to 30 professional years. What am I going to do with that time? And, and that's actually been an area that my mind's been thinking a lot about lately. Yeah, no, I think uh, that's important. And uh, one thing I wanted to also mention when you're talking about plan, put some timelines, tasks. Yeah, you know, those are all great things. But the important thing that you would realize as part of this planning process is you will be forced to hold yourself accountable, right? Because you are working under some framework and you have to act on certain things and that gives you that sense of ownership. And when you don't follow that, there is an accountability. Nobody needs to question you. As a person and a leader, you know that you have to act on something. So that's a great, great source for you to make progress, in my honest opinion. Yeah, raising the standard for myself was important. So like this year, actually, I, I have about four goals, but because uh, I wanted to experiment with like, just doing something for the year because I took a five-year plan and then I broke it into year goals. And before it was just, here's a five-year plan, let's go for it. Now I'm saying, here's a five-year plan and then work backwards from that. And it means I have to have these. So right now I'm in a foundation year of my five-year plan. Wow. And <laughs> yeah. So year one's like the foundations. Correct. And so I was improving my fitness uh, and my health. And the way I track that is you only get the 24 hours in a day. And these things for them to compound, they have to happen pretty much daily or every other day. And so I, I 
looked at my schedule and I broke it up so that I'm progressing my health goal every day, whether I'm learning about nutrition or doing a workout, I just have to increase my, I look at myself like a character in a video game, I have to increase <laughs> my skill points, right? So I have to do something there. Uh, and then of course there's a financial goal, getting our business. We're like right on the edge of cash flow positive. So I want to huh. get that over cash flow positive and into growth mode. And then if I have my health uh, improved over the year, uh, my knowledge of nutrition and fitness and working out, uh, and then I have that foundation of a business that's kicking off excess capital, then that'll put me in a much better position for year two through five. And so, and then that'll, and then this whole, the whole theme of this five-year plan is foundation. Um, And so that's, that's kind of how I'm approaching it. But if you would have talked to me at like 21 about this, I would just roll my eyes probably. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, that's interesting. Again, my two cents, um, I'm not sure when I talk about the personal development plan, what helped me immensely was I had my sounding board mentor. So I always run by them, right? Uh, Saying that this was my goal. Here is where I am. And what do you think? Do I have to approach differently, right? And I would recommend that if you don't have one, having that person uh, would make a tremendous difference in terms of uh, opening up your eyes on some of the things which you might have not even thought about. So that's my- Thank you. That's my- (laughs) Do you still keep in touch with Brad? Yeah, so not in the last three, four months. Until then, uh, I would say every other quarter we had a call. So this all started when I started my uh, executive MBA program. And as part of the program, uh, I had to uh, talk to some leaders um, and uh, get their input. So I interviewed Brad and that's when the, I was working at Intuit for so long. So uh, I was fortunate enough to have that one-on-one with Brad. Then that uh, engagement and working relationship continued. And uh, even uh, four months ago, I called him and he, help me with the scenario. So the way how uh, I talk to my mentors, I have a couple of them, uh, like I call Brad and say, Brad, here is the situation, a client situation that uh, happened. And here are the implications of the situation. And here is how I managed it. And did I do the right thing? What's your input? So that's the powerful conversation in my opinion. Then he helps saying that, okay, Raj, that's good. I really, um, glad to hear that but uh, authenticity is important for example when it comes to leadership and uh, how you could have done this differently so a scenario based conversation in my opinion is the most powerful and it gives you a lot of great insights uh, to make you better but uh, as i said uh, i should credit him uh, because he's he has already spent a lot of time uh, in coaching me and motivating me and pushing me in the right direction as a leader. Yeah, well, shout out to Brad. He's the man. <laughs> yeah. One of the but greatest I like, leaders. I like that you brought that up or that you made that point about having a scenario, having something prepared. So often people will say, oh, will you mentor me? Or, And then it's just like, with what? You know, or they, they come without, they, they put the the responsibility on the mentor to figure out what they should be doing. Correct. Correct. Yeah. No, I think uh, I, I, I right now uh, 
in my organization, not my team members, but few others as well, when I try to coach them, I think the first thing is uh, the whole concept of change needs to start from within yourself, right? For instance, here where you are, where you would like to be from personal standpoint, from professional standpoint, what type of tools you use, like these books are talking to someone, but the coaching is more scenario-based. The coaching is more how you can just move a notch up on the trajectory. So trying to help you, oh, here is what my skills are. What should I do to move to the point B? I think that type of focused conversations would yield much better result in my own experience, whether it's technology or leadership or anything of that nature. That's the most powerful way of approaching your mentor and the way how you coach others, right? So that's my opinion, honestly. This is an amazing conversation. I'm so glad I got to meet you. Oh, my pleasure, right? As I said, we all are learning here and uh, I've been enjoying this conversation. A lot of great insights from you as well. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you want to cover? Mm. I think I'd like to say something um, since, you know, this this is modern CTO <laughs> conversation. <laughs> yeah, we talk a little bit about technology, but important thing is uh, I'd like to mention this to everyone. If you would like to pursue your career as an executive or leadership role, you need to ensure that there are three dimensions, technology, leadership, and business. You have to ensure all these dimensions meet each other. That will bring the best out of you. So that's many people, they start their career as an individual contributor. Then they start managing smaller teams. Then they become executive, right? So that's fine. That's, that's you rise through the ranks as you just move up in the ladder. But you need to have a great exposure on all these three dimensions. As a CTO, I need to know what's my PNL and what's the total cost of ownership and things like that. So that three dimensions are very important. The second one is in your professional life, you have to keep customer at heart. There is no option B. Even if it is an internal decision, you need to see how it's going to have impact on your customers. And that's going to be the key thing, whether it's innovation or decision or anything, Try to see that through the lens of customer and that will open up your eyes. The last one from a personal level, every day is an opportunity for learning, continuous learn, and you are going to hit your milestone. That's it. So I think that's the way how I would like to summarize my final thoughts. Yeah, Raj. <laughs> Man, this is great. You know, I, I get off these podcasts and I talk with Jake and, you know, every, you know, couple of them we get someone that's like just unbelievable and i'm like this is why we do the podcast and so thank you so much no my pleasure thank you so much and have a good rest of the day all right talk soon raj